This is a disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music can make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with my co-host Peter. And you're joining us for a brand new feature, as you can probably tell from the title yeah. of this episode. Uh, we're continuing our theme of experimenting with the format. As I mentioned, we've got one major disaster per month still, and the other slot is being filled with other types of disaster and disaster-adjacent content. Yeah, we're mixing it up. Oh, yeah. And today you're joining us for something that we're calling... Well, Lee will get into it, but we're calling it Album Autopsy. Album Autopsy. I'm not going to take credit for that. Most of the alliterations that have to do, like, that have come come about as a result of this podcast are my doing, but this is one that is Lee's doing. (laughs) Yeah, not even, but I'll get into that. I'll get into that. Okay, well, before we get into that, I'm going to do the housekeeping that I always do. If you're new here, welcome. A lot of people ask what the best way, like, where the best place to start is. I usually say the beginning, and I'll say it again. You should start at the beginning. And go through all the episodes, because a lot of times we'll do callbacks to previous episodes. Maybe not so much in this episode. I don't know if there's going to be too much opportunity to call back, but we'll see. Oh, I'm sure we will. Maybe there's some tie-ins. <laughs> we, we meaning me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure uh, you will. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I recommend going through all those, and then we, you won't miss like inside jokes, but then you'll be fully in the know. And then when we do want some of those references to previous episodes, you'll be like, hey, I get that, because I've listened to everything. I listened to Peter right. told me... I, I did what Peter told me to do, and now I know do everything. Peter said, now I'm a cool person. <laughs> the, other, the next best thing you can do is subscribe if you aren't already and leave a rating or review. If you want to keep up with us on social media at This Disaster Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com, and our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod, where you get tons of bonus content like micro disasters every two weeks. Lee just released one about strange ways that rock stars have died. Yeah, that Jeez. should be enough to... Uh... You know, get your interest. <laughs> that alone. Right there. Look, look <laughs> for hay bales and not Satanist enough black metal. Exactly. Bad idea. If you ordered a shirt, then those are in production. It'll be on the on their way to you shortly. Uh, and I think that's pretty much all we had. All I had to say for now. Maybe I'll let Lee describe what we're doing today. Well, thank you, Peter. Lee, you want to describe what we're doing today? Yes, I certainly do. So, like Peter said, this is a brand new feature on the podcast that we're calling album autopsy. It's something I brought to the table and right off the bat, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I did in fact not come up with this concept. <gasps> so Nope. So I'm laying it out there. Uh, so album autopsy is a game invented by my friend, Greg Turkington. And it was a game we'd play while we were on tour back okay. when I would go on tour mm-hmm. back when, bands played shows back like live was <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, like live uh, music that speaking of disasters one of our favorite venues recently shut down pressed oh, and Ottawa. pressed god uh, that sucks that's depressing yeah. i'm depressed about pressed <laughs> <laughs> seriously anyway. though that place was so good we could always play there it was yep. always a fun time perfect uh, size it's yeah, a kind of venue size. where like you you could fit like almost 100 people, but if you only brought 20, it also looked full. It was like, <laughs> yeah, perfect. you're still smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and they sorry. had great food. Oh, oh, so good. They had all oh, this pulled, for a long time, they had this pulled wild boar burger. Pulled boar. Yeah, so Damn, good. Damn. I never oh. had that. Oh, now it's gone. Now that I've bummed us out, carry on. <laughs> we digress. Yeah, well, it sets the tone. <laughs> 
So yeah, we would play this game when we were on tour. The idea being that inevitably you would make a stop at a record store at some point in mm-hmm. your travels. Yep. Whilst there, you make a beeline for the cutout bin, like mm-hmm. the 99 cent bin. Yep. Uh, you find an album by a well-known artist, mm-hmm. an album that contains no recognizable songs <laughs> and that came out after they become popular. Okay. And then you are... You are then tasked with listening to the album in the car mm-hmm. or the van or whatever yeah. with your tour mates from A to Z, uh-huh. no skipping allowed, and you discuss. Oh boy. You try to figure out what went wrong. Right. So that's the game. That, okay. that was the game as it was um, yeah. that my buddy Greg invented. For our purposes, I think we're going to retool the concept just a little bit. Yeah, at least for now, going in. So we're going to focus on albums that are universally hated. Yeah. So so it's sort of an accepted thing by the critics, the fans, everyone across the board. Yeah, we talked about that because we wanted to make sure that it fits with like the philosophy of the podcast. Like we don't want to just pick an album that we happen to not like and then crap on it for whatever half an hour. (laughs) Like that would be so easy. Like, huh, Joshua Tree by you too. Yeah, very popular. Well, guess what? <laughs> we think it sucks. And here's <laughs> why. Stupid. Exactly. Like, I think that yeah. podcast probably exists. Probably. That's I not think I've one. probably heard it and I <laughs> yeah. don't think it's very good. <laughs> exactly. People probably know what I'm talking about, but you know, opinions uh, are like assholes. They're all yeah. full of shit. They're a stinky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all full of shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, rather than pick the popular album and, and you yeah. know, that's low hanging fruit as we see it. You know, I think um, the idea is uh, to choose an album that is hated and, you know, see if it lives up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Or lives down to the Or lives down or if it's like hype. not hated enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. We're going to see if the reputation is justified. So today we've chosen an album that came out fairly recently within the last 10 years and as i recall as soon as this album was announced as being a thing that was in the works like at its conceptual level people were primed and ready to despise it i'm sure people have a pretty good guess but what we're talking about is the album lulu Mm -hmm. the infamous collaboration between metallica and lou reed i would suggest before we go any further because I did this and mm-hmm. you should suffer. I mean, you should listen to it too. Yeah. If, you should pause the podcast right now. Listen to the whole album. So you know what we're talking about <laughs> and then come if back. If you set aside uh, <laughs> roughly 30 to 60 minutes to listen to this podcast, <laughs> hopefully you have another <laughs> 90 minutes <laughs> oh God. to add on to that, to listen to one okay. record. Okay. Skim it. <laughs> Skip through it a little bit. <laughs> get, get a sense of it. You know, yeah. you suffer with us. Yeah. I'm sure we're all familiar with both artists. Uh, for those who aren't, Talca, a heavy metal band from San Francisco. They started in the early 80s as one of the pioneers of thrash metal, uh, as heard on such albums as Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, both considered classics of the genre. Mm-hmm. With 1991's Black Album, they became huge, eventually becoming one of the biggest bands in the world. Still haven't heard a full album of theirs. Peter still haven't heard a full album of theirs. For me, they changed my life. <laughs> Different approaches. Unlike Tom Petty, yes, author of Freebird, uh, <laughs> I can at least identify Metallica songs. I think you probably could. I can. I know I can. I can identify a Metallica song, but I right. can't. I still, I still haven't listened to a full album. Okay. 
So from that aspect, for, from the Metallica side, I'm coming at this <laughs> pure as the driven snow. What was the first Metallica album? You're oh Lulu. <laughs> what? <laughs> it yeah. I think that's that's a fact about me now. The first that's Metallica album that I listened to, beginning to end, is Lulu. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else on earth can lay claim to that. I'm unique. That's pretty amazing. I know. Yep. I love it. <laughs> so it's Metallica. Uh, Lou Reed was a member, uh, a key member of the seminal art rock band, The Velvet Underground. He went on to have a successful, albeit somewhat ponderous solo career. And he actually has another album under his belt, which is considered one of the worst in the world. Oh, that being metal machine music. Okay. Which maybe we'll get to that one at some point. Cause <laughs> I only recently gave it a sampling and yeah. psh, holy wow. fuck. So <laughs> Velvet Underground else. is another thing I haven't really listened to, although everybody yeah. seems to think that they're very they're good. one of those across the board we love them bands. Yeah, um, fair enough. I, I said that I'm like uninformed from the Metallica side. I am yeah more uninformed from the Lou Reed side. I'm the same. I I learned doing some preliminary research for this very episode that uh he did that song from Train Spotting, Lust for Life? No, that's No, there were more than there was more than one song in Train Spotting. You're talking about when a he's perfect day. overdosing. Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Perfect yeah, day. that song when he's overdosing, which is very appropriate because <laughs> it's basically about heroin addiction and sort of like getting through the day with your junk addicted buddy. Oh yeah. Then years later, they used it in like a PlayStation <laughs> commercial. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like there's some subtext in this song that uh-oh. maybe is going mm-hmm. unnoticed. Oh well. Yeah. It works on many levels. So how is it possible that these two artists came together? Well, they seem so disparate. They shirt sure you. Uh, well, here's the story. Metallica and Lou Reed both performed at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 25th anniversary concert in 2009. Independently, surely, because nobody would think that these artists are compatible. No one was mad enough to put them on stage together. No. Surely not. Hmm. And don't call us surely. <laughs> but that was the starting point of them kicking around the idea of collaborating on some music. God only knows why. Right. But they were in a room together and were like, hey, you want to do something? Yeah, okay. Yep. Because it's easy to imagine Metallica being fans of Lou Reed. It's a lot harder for me, at least, to imagine the opposite. Yeah. It's harder to imagine Lou Reed being aware of Metallica. So this is my first first full Metallica album, first full Lou Reed album. Right. First full album for all this. And I think, depending on the cho- uh, choices that you make, I imagine this is going to be a lot of, this kind of feature is going to be a lot of firsts for me. Mm-hmm. Because my early listening was very like compilation based, so I didn't right. really didn't really dive into albums until I was. You were like a musophile, like doing your homework and yeah, no. all that crap. No, I basically I would listen to I'd listen to compilations, and then when I heard something I liked, I'd be like, "Oh, what's that?" And then right. I'd buy that album. There you go. So like, Big Shiny Tunes Two was a big source of the music that I like. Yeah, and a like lot the, of people point to those. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack yep. <laughs> turned me on to a it's lot a of stuff. Soundtrack. So a lot of soundtracks, <laughs> a lot of compilations like that. And I guess none right. of them had Metallica on them because I just, that's just, that's, I never got to Metallica. Right. But okay. So off the top, I <laughs> feel like throughout this whole album, and this isn't going to be groundbreaking for anybody who's familiar with the album, but throughout the whole album, it's like you have Metallica on one track 
Yeah. And Lou Reed on another track, and they are <laughs> parallel tracks running same same direction, but right next to each other, and have yeah. nothing to do with each other. <laughs> yeah. That so often is the case in pretty much every song, with some exceptions actually. And maybe I'll pull up the track listing so I can talk about the specific tracks. But like yeah. you've you've got riffs that are very Metallica. Like I yeah. I could recognize them even without any singing. I'm like, yeah, that's that. I know Metallica enough to be like, that's Metallica. Right. I can right. I can tell that barely keeping up drumming anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like. Self-conscious, too many fills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like in, in some ways, Lars Ulrich is my spirit animal. Because <laughs> I feel like he's, he's, he's doing his best to keep up with a lot of amazing musicians. And that's... Exactly. He's easily the worst guy in the band, but he gets by on so much just determination. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, yeah. that's how I would describe myself behind the drum kit. So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, but then, like the the second the singing started on the first like Brandenburg Gate, yeah, it's not well. First of all, it's not even singing; it's just speaking. It just feels like big artists that have had long storied careers, long storied successful careers, that mm-hmm. now have tons of money and time, yeah, and they can be like, okay, well, let's let's try this, yeah, like maybe maybe you shouldn't try everything you think about. <laughs> And yeah, that's actually a huge bit of what I was going to talk about. That, okay, the idea well, of that. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, go ahead. I mean, I feel like I feel like as a starting point, I feel like that's where maybe this started to go wrong. You get to a point in your career when you have so much money and time and resources that you stop asking if you should do something. The example I keep thinking about is, or that we talk about a lot lately, is Foo Fighters. I think right. Dave Grohl is a treasure to the music industry. He's like perfect, <laughs> perfect. I don't know. You know, he's had an amazing career and I think he's yeah. like a genuinely good person. Yeah. But I don't know that I've actually like thoroughly enjoyed a Foo Fighter album after Color and Shape. Oh yeah, me either. And Color and Shape is when they're still like desperately trying to like, you know, kill get it out and of the break through and like Nirvana get away from Nirvana. Out. Exactly. Yeah. Like they were hungry. And then after that, yeah. it starts going like, on this trajectory where like more and more success, but then they get more and more comfortable. And now like every album that comes up now, it's like, I'm going to tour the U S and record an album in every city. And it's like, yeah, Yeah, exactly. I would love to hear a hungry Foo Fighters album again. I know. Like Dave Grohl is another example of a guy who can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And I mean, he did that Probot album, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah, but yeah, by and large, he doesn't. He just does a Foo Fighters album every mm-hmm. couple of years, and then he'll yeah. do like them Crooked Vultures, which is pretty me, and yeah. and or just stuff like the that video play, which is like, yeah. s- is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super impressive, and just yeah. like, oh my god, dude. Yeah, like I'll I'll applaud that. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what the music sounds like, but it's just yeah. it's. it's mind-blowing but yeah the thing is a lot of these bands their most interesting stuff is when they are hungry or when they are on the way up yeah when they're trying to like break through to that higher plateau of no we're the best no we're the best no we're the best yeah yeah um that certainly goes for metallica i think most people would agree on that like their 80s stuff when they were like doing everything in their power to be the biggest band in the world was Mm -hmm. 
I mean, they invented metal in a way. Yeah. I mean, huge aspects of it. So yeah, after you get past that point, what do you do? Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And I think this album also strikes me as the kind of thing where it seems like it was probably a lot of fun for them to do. I like the idea behind that. Like, I like that they did something that was yeah. so out to lunch and, and just not their usual thing. Yeah. And you're right. Like, it's not always going to work. Maybe you shouldn't try every <laughs> stupid idea you have. But, yeah. I mean, hell, they did something. Yeah. Like, it's really the only weird thing they've done, more or less. Yeah, that's true. On that level, I give them my blessing. Like, yeah, yeah yep. go for it. Do it. Mm -hmm. Bands like that, they could put out any kind of album, EP, single they wanted to, experiment like crazy, and still do the full length every two to four to six years and, and yep. have it be, you know, received very, very mm -hmm. well because their fan base is just so ingrained. Like, they're, they can't they can't miss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but most bands of that level won't do that. And it's kind of like, why? Just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so the album starts out I, I had that same sort of idea that a lot of the times Lou Reed just sounds like he either has the very, like the vaguest care about what the music is doing to yeah. absolutely none at all. He's just sort yep. of doing his monotonous rambling. Mm -hmm. My understanding of, of him, mm -hmm. like his vocals are sort of secondary to his lyrics. Okay. Yeah. Like I think he's sort of, his lyrics are highly thought of, I guess. Like like I said, I'm not a huge fan. I don't really know. Is that an allegation we want to level on this album? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean... I am a table? Yeah, exactly. I'm the table. Uh -huh. Spermless like a girl. I wrote that down. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. There's a few other <sighs> ones that uh, I don't feel like saying out loud on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dirty. Like, yeah. I, I feel so like do you know... Do you know what the concept behind the album is, Lulu? I I I know it's based on a play. Yeah, it's based on a play by Frank Wedekind. He was a German okay. playwright from late 19th century, early 20th. Yeah. And it's a play about uh, this woman named Lulu, who I think starts off as a stripper and then works her way up through society. Okay. She's essentially like trying to climb the social ladder. But at mm -hmm. some point, she basically gets to near the top gets knocked all the way back down and then ends up being a prostitute. Right. It's, it's like a concept album about Lulu. After I learned that and listened to like the latter half, it kind of makes the lyrics make a little bit more sense. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. I, I, got, I got about halfway through before I did that research and then I realized like, oh, what what do you, are these just random thoughts that are coming yeah. to you? Yeah, like what, it, what is this? If, I, I could tell it was about something. Well, I knew it was about a play and I yeah. could tell it was a very like, you know, lyrical, like literate, yeah. you know, concept. Yeah. Funny thing is actually David Bowie claimed that Lulu was Lou Reed's best lyrical work. I think I heard, I think I read that as well. Is <laughs> that a slide diss at Lou Reed? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best you could do. This is your best work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By far the best thing you've done. Well, I don't know. They were, they were buddies. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that as a ringing endorsement, not a backhanded yeah. fair enough. <laughs> burn. Yeah. No, no, fair enough. So yeah, the, so we got what Brandenburg gate. Yep. There's stuff like that on the album. There's another one that kind of hit me the same way. Maybe, maybe, um, frustration. Mm -hmm. Where it just kind of sounds half baked, like it, it's it it sounds like Metallica, you know, got 
a few riffs they liked, mm-hmm. cycled them over and over, kind yeah. of knowing that Lou Reed was just going to yammer yeah. over this stuff. So like, let's give him a palette to yammer over. And, you yeah. know, I'm sure there was some heavy editing after the fact. Mm-hmm. The second song, I just call it I Am The Table. I don't remember. It. <laughs> it's called The View. Well, that's dumb because it should be called I Am The Table. <laughs> yeah. Gets a little bit more like, okay, they worked on something but I think it's song three, Pumping Blood. Mm-hmm. I would say that is a legitimately good song. Well, so. and also The View. So on the album, it's like, it's just over five minutes long, but then they released a music video for it. That's more like three, three thirty. Like it's a cut down oh, okay. version. <laughs> that's actually, I, I actually watched it right before we recorded. And that's like, if I saw that, I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd listen to 90 minutes of this, but this is pretty cool. That's an insane investment. That's another thing. Yeah. But, um, and those two are like some of the, I think there's maybe a couple more, but those two have some James Hetfield vocals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of like really feels like Metallica. Yep. Like when yep. you hear, oh, or, you know, whatever he does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good James Hetfield. Pumping Blood, I mean, sounds very fleshed out. There's, there's multiple parts. It gets fast. It gets heavy. gets quiet. Mm-hmm. It's got these strings and these like cool like guitar feedback stuff running through it. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of Metallica like trying to be sort of experimental and step outside their box and like, right. guys, let's do something weird <laughs> at you know age fifty whatever. Lars, check it out. I don't have to palm mute every chord. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Look. <laughs> so yeah, at that point I was like. This is kind of cool. And then that song, I didn't even realize the song changed, but it kind of runs right into the song that comes after. Right. Yeah. Um, Mistress Dread. I thought it was, yeah, which which is just a, that's a, like a, a thrasher. Like it's a fast, like yep. yeah, pretty cool. And it's <laughs> like Lou Reed's trying to keep up and do these aggressive vocals. It's really fucking weird. Lou Reed and aggressive just doesn't work. You know what I, I mean? I know. It's like, so strange. I think the the songs that are the most interesting, like the ones you're talking about, The View and Pumping Blood, like it feels like those are ones where they had concrete ideas or yeah. ideas that they pursued. There are other ones where if, if you're listening, you've ever been in a band before, like you know what it's like to jam on a riff before it becomes a song or you're just like yeah. playing it over and over, yeah, just kind of feeling it out to the point where like you kind of start getting bored of it. Yeah. And at a certain point, you're just like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of tracks where it felt like Metallica got to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just feels that way. I could feel, I could, I could imagine being in that room and just being like, we we're just kind of doing the same thing over and over at this point. There's no, I, there's nothing else here. I think that's probably a musician kind of thing. I mean, yeah. I hope that doesn't sound pretentious. I mean, Peter, no, I no. played music because I felt the exact same thing. Like like three minutes in, I I was like, man, I'd be dying of boredom if i was in this room yeah. playing this part over and over like yeah maybe it just speaks to our you know patience or whatever but yeah i'm just wondering <laughs> if I'm, I'm just wondering because i couldn't find too much too much details about there's no like making of i don't think or there's not a lot of details about how it was made because no. they 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 announced the album shortly before they released it so it was kind of kind of a secret yeah there wasn't i think they kind of knew what it was going to be so there wasn't too much yeah, preamble, which is weird because usually there's they cover that stuff extensively, yeah. like their last two albums. You can see them making of start to finish on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. 
Those are great, by the way, if you're into music. Yeah, I think they're great. Actually, that's funny, too. I've watched both of those in their entirety, but I haven't listened to those albums. (laughs) (laughs) You don't really Um, need to. Maybe they just didn't give give themselves the time to put it all together. You know what I mean? Because I I feel like some of these songs were sitting in the half-baked part of it, right? Yeah, for sure. They're at the stage where it's like, okay, this is a cool riff. Now cut it up, put a bridge in there somewhere, like make it a song. Do stuff. Because, yeah, like Pumping Blood and little dog mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me it was sounding at times like that band Suno, like that yep. really experimental band with where the yep. robes like i'm yep. inadvertently i'm assuming maybe i'm not giving enough credit but mm. quiet songs got acoustic guitar like the soft yeah. feedback running through it but yeah like it sounds like they really went to town on those songs like okay let's mm-hmm. cut it up let's do this yep. it's gonna get quiet here and then we're gonna yep. cut in this thing and then put this noise here it's gonna be and then strings we're gonna put strings it's gonna be weird yeah, but that's actually another thing that I that stood out to me when I was listening to the whole album. The best parts of it, I thought, were the parts where Metallica didn't need to be there. Yeah. Like, Little Dog, that intro with Lou Reed's vocals, like the acoustic guitar and the strings and like the soundscapes, mm-hmm. those went well together. Yeah. And then it's almost as soon as it launched into some of like the, again, like the Metallica palm muted chuggy guitar it's like well now it doesn't fit anymore (laughs) yeah now we're back to this (laughs) yeah and same with frustration the intro i thought was super cool for that it actually reminded me a little bit of like some colin stetson stuff the guy who did the hereditary soundtrack and other things oh sure 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 but again that's a situation where like this is this is cool but this doesn't need to be metallica anymore (laughs) this could be lou reed with a session band well yeah that's actually how i felt about the the last song which is 19 minutes long, I think. Junior Dad. It is. It is indeed. So I was like, what is this going to be? But yeah. to me, it's 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 the 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 star of the album. Like mm-hmm. it it is legitimately good. It's yeah. the the front half is just you're hearing Lou Reed finally like kind of sing. Yeah. For the first time on the album. And it's really nice and and just a very understated kind of a laid back kind of melancholy song mm-hmm. it picks up a little bit but it mostly stays clean and then the entire back half is just these amazing strings that just kind of yeah. weave in and out and they kind of sound like brian eno ambience or like they remind me of this band stars of the lid that do like this yeah. super ambient music but with um like organic instruments like strings and horns and stuff right cool, cool. like damn this is like this is awesome yeah. I mean there's there's these shiny bright points on this album but I mean yep. 90 minutes like it's such an investment. I have the attention span for a 90 minute album. Yeah. But I don't know if I have the patience for it anymore. No, but well especially <laughs> if half of it you're just not that into. I mean Yeah. But what's but like the point? I'll come back to just because they happen to have announced a new album recently and we talked about the Foo Fighters already. They recently announced their next album. Yeah. Nine tracks, 37 minutes. Nice. Like perfect. That's great. That's awesome. I know that I can listen to more of you, but don't overstay your welcome. That's always the philosophy. I, I think and that's out. great. And again, maybe it just speaks to our, our lack of patience or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't always need to pour it all out there. And actually, uh, uh, an example of that, that I yeah. had, I think it was last year, the, the Nine Inch Nails album, Bad Witch. Yep. Think it's maybe seven songs. Right. Yep. 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 But he was like, this is an album. Yep. It's not an EP. Yeah. That's so cool. 
yeah 30 some minutes and that's your album that's great like just yeah get all your a material out there and get out yeah but this is a thing that i i, I attribute to a lot of different media i like weirdness in things mm-hmm. and that was one one reason why as you know, like we didn't really see eye to eye on the movie us right yeah like for me it kind of just didn't quite grab me the way i hoped it would or i, mm-hmm. I wanted it to but it's just such a goddamn weird movie. Like I, yep. I can't just you know discount it. Like yep. discount it. Like I can't like yeah. disregard it. Yeah, you know it has merit for me at least, just because it's so odd and so. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, like on on so many levels, it's just not the usual thing. And but all that to say, like the fact that this album exists and the fact that it's just so weird is. Yeah, it just kind of pulls me in just on that alone just yes and that's i think if if we're getting towards takeaways i think big picture i didn't hate this Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right i was listening to it and uh, there's some albums that i'm trying to think of an example okay here's one and this is you know this podcast if you're listening and if you've listened this far you know that we're non-judgmental about what you listen to (laughs) but i have never been able to like physically get through a single song, let alone album by Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> just as an example, you know what I mean? Yes. Like on my, just to calibrate my spectrum. Yeah. You know, within recent memory, I've listened to an entire Limp Bizkit album, but right. <laughs> like in the last couple of weeks, but like when it comes to, when it comes to Insane Clown Posse, like I put it on and I'm like this, no, I'm sorry. Nope. No Juggalo. Nope. Juggalo, no. It's just, but you know, so that, that's, that. but then like I put something like this on and I recognize that there's a lot about it that's weird and disjointed. And I think if I had a strong investment in Lou Reed or Metallica, yeah, I would take the album almost as like an affront, like, <laughs> you know, what is happening? This is not a Metallica album. This is not a Lou Reed album. I am outraged that you wasted your time making this. Yeah, because exactly. I had no horse in this race. I kind of came to it and it's, yeah, this is, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah, what's the problem, guys? It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I'm never going to be like, oh, you know what? I, I want to listen to The View right now. That's what I want to <laughs> listen. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to you know come what? back to this album. I am the table. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But on the other hand, listening to it and like it solidified that Metallica is in a realm of bands that I obviously, on paper, based on everything that I like, I should like Metallica. <laughs> so I think right. this album has kind of it's probably inspired me like, okay, maybe now's the time that I go back and listen to a Metallica album. Right. Maybe now I'm going to go check out a Lou Reed album. So in that respect, mission accomplished, I guess, if you're trying to (laughs) make a new fan 30 (laughs) years into your career. I want to hear more based on that. (laughs) (laughs) I think more Metallica fans should take a page out of your book because, I mean, I can see why they're pissed just because Metallica's output is so infrequent. Like they will go years without releasing an album so when they do it's i can see why people would be like this is it (laughs) fair enough but i mean i've tried listening to other metallica albums like the load and reload albums that came out in the late 90s and and they're just they're just trash like they're Mm -hmm. nothing redeeming about them they're just they're not even so bad they're good like they're just boring whereas this i was like okay wait what (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're the what? You're the table? What the fuck? 
Okay, I'll keep listening. I'll keep listening. <laughs> and then I get to some good stuff. Like, man, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Metallica that's another aspect of this album. Weird shit. That I don't know if I ever got the feeling of so bad it's good. I can't think of an example that I would say like so bad it's good. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it bad because Lou Reed's no. doing Lou Reed and Metallica's doing Metallica. They just they didn't yeah. fit together, but it, okay, you've got oil and water sitting on top of it. But I like <laughs> yeah, both of those literally. things and they're both doing yeah. a really good job. <laughs> yeah. There's no aspect of this that was just repulsively bad. You know what I mean? No, the, I mean Poor, like missteps. Maybe this wasn't a good idea. Yeah, but, it's more like swing and a miss kind of thing. It's not yeah. really I mean, there's music that literally pisses me off where mm-hmm. I hear oh, yeah. it and I see red and and again yeah. we're not we're not doing that show but you know no, no. Uh, I could see her all day but yeah the, I mm-hmm. never got that feeling during this I was never like oh god god like it was just yeah. like kind of more of a head scratcher right with occasional like oh you did it cool you won't find any eye rolling cliches on this album I don't think you so. won't find any predictable breakdowns or corny lyrics <laughs> you're pretty <laughs> nope. much you're, <laughs> you're 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 out of luck in that regard yeah yeah so there's no hey baby or i looked up some reviews too yeah so i don't know if i agree with obviously i went to everyone's favorite source of having their heads up their own asses pitchfork mm. they gave it a one obviously Aww, pitchfork <laughs> like come on not as cutting um, edge as they thought <laughs> Yeah, so there's one thing that really rang true with me, and it's kind of what we talked about before. They talk about uh, how songs like Mistress Dread and Little Dog, I guess Little yeah. Dog is, yeah, yeah, we talked about that. That's, that's a pretty awesome song, but they were saying how, I've got a quote here, Lars Ulrich's flailing fills during the breakdowns <laughs> on pumping blood and frustration are essentially drummer ease for what the fuck do I do with this? <laughs> Which I think as a drummer, and I'm sure you've been there too, where you're just like, I don't know, Phil, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lars's drumming is sort of in its own category. And yeah. I think you either you're aware of that in 20 whatever or or what, you know, or you're not. Yeah. Cuz he's just not a great drummer, but he just sort no. of gets by. Like he sort of yeah. gets by more on creativity, but as he gets older, he's sort of losing that sort of fire or yeah, a lot of the other more seasoned drummers like Dave Lombardo or Charlie Benante mm-hmm. from Anthrax are like still rocking because they've got the chops. Lars yeah. is kind of yeah. like, oh god, this yeah. is really hard. All right, another review from uh, Consequences of Sound. Mm-hmm. I thought this one actually really hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. There was it talks about how it, there's another quote. You'll hear commentators from Lou Reed's camp and Metallica's camp say that quote the worst part about this. Metallica slash Lou Reed album is that Metallica slash Lou Reed is on the album. Yeah. So essentially they'll be like, you'll be Metallica fans being like, what the fuck is Lou Reed doing here? Otherwise yeah. it'd be a good album. And Lou Reed fans are like, why are you playing with Metallica? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. And that's, yeah. Like if I imagine if you, if you could like take Lou Reed's vocals or Metallica's instrumentals and like separate them and play them <laughs> on their own, those would both be solid independent works i think as yeah as far as the the fans were concerned they'd probably be a lot happier yeah so what did consequences of sound give it oh an f f for fantastic yeah that's another thing with all these reviews i i stopped reading music reviews when i was in my like early 20s because i realized that they're total bullshit like this is people this is people piling on they got they got 
someone sniffed that this album was going to be kind of bad and then everyone piled on and then the safe thing oh so brave look at you the safe thing became crapping on this album and so everyone did yeah yeah Yeah. you know what i'll be the judge of that yeah but uh i found it sort of cut down where you have sort of the mainstream and metal media was very down on it whereas the more avant-garde world i.e the wire uncut like we're kind of for it Mm -hmm. uh more or less embraced it yep and then i saw a quote from leading up to the album's release from uh david frick or fricky okay um he's this rolling stone guy he was given a sneak preview of some of the songs and he compared it to a raging union of lou reed's 1973 classic berlin and metallica's 1986 master of puppets which is just flat out ridiculous like <laughs> oh yeah it had the distinct flavor of uh oh i don't know oh both artists at their creative peak like <laughs> <laughs> what did those albums come out <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 30 years ago okay yeah cool but they yeah. harnessed this um oh yeah and i saw a review um on blabbermouth.net mm-hmm. that's like a metal forum which claimed sure. that this album was so bad that it could do irreparable harm to Metallica's career, which is another nope. ridiculous statement. No, it can't. Your Metallica. If Saint Anger didn't send them running for the hills, then <laughs> nothing will. <laughs> oh, that snare. Maybe oh. I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to start with Saint Anger. <laughs> don't. Yeah, don't make that the next obviously. <laughs> <don't laughs> You'll never God. come back. Um. So yeah, it was uh, not received very well generally. But I mean, like... Maybe they didn't expect it to be received well. Have they addressed the album's reception? Oh, I think they knew full well that it was going to be, you know, panned or or just, you know, I think from their point of view, they're probably like, what did you expect? Mm -hmm. It's Metallica and Lou Reed. Did you think it was going (laughs) to be normal? Lou Reed is a total weirdo. Everybody knows that. It's on the album cover. It says Lou Reed and Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> With a what did weird you think picture you were... of an armless mannequin. It's not going to be yeah, exit light, enter night. <laughs> I just picture Michael Bluth pulling out the paper bag and opening it and being like, well, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Which part was that? I forgot. <laughs> the, he's got like, he pulls out the paper bag from the freezer and says dead pigeon on it. Oh yeah. And then he opens it and he's like, ah, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> it's the same pigeon. thing. It's written on the front. Lulu, yeah. Armless Mannequin, Lou Reed, and Metallica. Exactly. Truth in advertising. If there I wonder what any. this is going to sound like. Yeah. No, you don't. This better be good. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so that's Lulu. We we sat through it. All right. So just to wrap it up, because this is album autopsy. All right. Let, let's talk about cause of death for this album. Okay. So we got the we got the the feds or the 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 dicks in the room. Yeah. The detectives. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant the people reviewing the album. What? <laughs> oh, the real decks. So what was yeah. the cause of death? One of them was unrealistic expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it wasn't written on the album cover or anything. Who was on this album? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just didn't know where we were going to get. And I think the other cause of death was reviewers being up their own asses. Yeah, exactly. Piling on. Piling on, basically giving in to the pre-hype. Exactly. Someone got wind that this was going to suck, and then everyone said, this sucks. Yeah, and they just went to town. And we're not necessarily saying it's a good album. 
I think it's worth listening to. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I'm glad it exists. Absolutely. It's like that movie um, Antichrist, that Lars von Trier thing. I've never seen it. Well, (laughs) I'll never watch it again. I can't say I liked it, but I'm glad I watched it. And I'm glad it exists. Okay. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. But not like a good movie? I wouldn't call it good. Okay, fair But it is, it is a movie. And it exists. So that was Album Autopsy. If you liked what you just heard, I'd like to hear from you. Or we'd like to hear from you. Get in touch on social media or if there are contact form on our website. Let us know if you liked Album Autopsy. I kind of enjoyed doing it. I had a good time. I, it's probably no secret. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking before we got started that this is kind of like the most free form we've ever been. Yeah. I think on both of our ends, but sitting down to record a podcast episode without like 20 pages of notes was new territory for me. Pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, I had notes, but I was really jumping around. Yeah. But, you know, I had a good time, but yeah, I was talking about music, so I'm very much in my yeah. wheelhouse. So. <laughs> yeah. so let us know how it went. And if you liked it, suggest some albums for us to conduct album autopsies on. Absolutely. And uh, I think the main thing there, again, keeping with our main philosophy of, you know, we don't cover disasters caused by malice and we're not going to just shit on albums that we don't like. Yeah. So, so get in touch and let us know how that went. Also, if you liked what you heard, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen. And that can be anybody. Maybe, you know what, don't like... Co- do it in a weird collaboration with someone that doesn't really match your sound or do, you know what, do that. Try that. Maybe it'll, end, maybe it'll end up sounding surprisingly good and the critics just won't understand. That's an attention getter. <laughs> <laughs> the next best thing you can do to help us out is to subscribe and leave a rating or review wherever you listen. I think Apple Podcasts is still the best. You can check us out on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. And you can check out our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod, where you get tons of bonus content, micro disasters every two weeks. We can live stream our major disasters. And we'll probably do another watch party at some point soon. Yep. I think the last one was so much fun. So we'll uh, we'll pick another, maybe a disaster movie this time. Yeah. That was great. Maybe, oh, we're come, we're rounding the corner on Christmas, so maybe we'll do like a Christmas oh, themed disaster movie. Die Hard is Die Hard a disaster movie? It's a yeah. disaster movie. It's definitely, 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 definitely not a Christmas movie, but it is a disaster movie, <laughs> so we can watch it. It's one hundred percent a Christmas. Movie. It's definitely not a Christmas movie, but we watch it. One hundred percent Christmas movie. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all that, all that's on our Discord. You can get that on our website. Like I said, this is usterpod.com. And uh, if you order a shirt, those will be on their way soon. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in our next major disaster. Yes, we will. And hey, if you have an opinion on Lulu, let us know what you think, think, think about Lulu. That too. Yeah. Tell us about Lulu. Tell us what you thought about Lulu. Bye. Bye.